Sup, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Press On Sports. I'm Jack Vita. Today is going to be a very fun podcast. I have a new guest coming on the show in a little bit. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk The Incredibles with the Incredibles sequel, Incredibles 2, coming out on Friday. I thought this would be a good time for folks to tune in, listen to the podcast, and just get prepared for Incredibles 2. So, without much further ado... I'm going to bring in my friend Jason Karras. Jason, how you doing? What's up? I'm good. Jason, let me I guess I should introduce you to the to the podcast community, the Press on Sports community. This is a guy who went from basketball manager to division 1 basketball player overnight. That's me. Yep. <laughs> and you put up points, too. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Hey, you you did score in a division multiple division 1 basketball games. Yeah, technically, yeah. Sure. Pretty great story. Anyway, uh so today we'll be talking the Incredibles. Jason, how was your day today? Oh, my day was great. Thanks for asking. I uh, What'd you do? We had some basketball workouts here. I'm the uh I'm the GA now, so just, you know, getting our players better over at Valpo and uh Nice little plug there for the potential recruits listening to the podcast. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Shout out Chicago area ballers. <laughs> um, our gym right now is under renovation. So the the YMCA is letting us use their uh, their facilities. Dude, I Ooh. never I never like knew how good the YMCA was. It is wow. it's life changing. Huh. This this YMCA in Valpo has like a hot tub, a sauna, or oh, facility. <clears throat> that sounds pretty great. Yeah, I've been in that hot tub and sauna stretching. I, I feel like Elastigirl. <laughs> Jason, um, the last time... I've been playing that all day, by the way. <laughs> Good job. I like it. Thanks. You're doing, you're doing well so far. Thanks. Yeah, this is your podcasting debut. The last time we were on a broadcast together was when we were talking Lutheran basketball for junior hires. Yeah, no, those kids were uh, disappointing. so yeah that was a lot of fun no it was fun yeah yeah so there was a lutheran basketball lutheran junior high basketball tournament in valparaiso last year and we were working on it as the broadcasters and man it was something else that broadcast it was (laughs) all right jason you ready to get into it let's do it all right, so my first question for you, my friend, is where does The Incredibles rank in terms of Pixar movies for you? Personal favorites. Man, if you if you had asked me like early on in my career, maybe as a, a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, <laughs> this thing would be like top one or two Pixar movies Ooh. out there. I think it's dropped since then. Um mm. Dude, Pixar brings that heat. Like they do. They, these are movies. Like they got. I just watched a movie last night. Coco. Have you seen that? Haven't seen it. Have not seen it yet. Looking forward to seeing it though. It looks very good. No, dude. I was. I haven't cried in years. I was like bawling at the end of that. It was beautiful. Whoa. No, that that movie was beautiful. Like wow. So then I watched. I followed up with Incredibles. Great movie. Entertaining. Somewhat thought provoking, but you know, didn't bring any tears from me. Yeah, I mean, we can't ask for tears from every Pixar movie, 
But I so I would say this one is towards the upper middle of the pack for you in terms of Pixar's. That's that's where I'd put it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I'd say the same. Yeah. So this came out when I was let's see I was in fifth grade so you would have been in fourth grade. Are you older than me? <laughs> I am. I didn't know. <laughs> took me an extra year to do college i'm not judging you <laughs> but anyway i remember the big hype so this was me as a 10 year old going to see this movie and it was i believe so let's see there was toy story toy story 2 bugs life and monsters inc were the in finding nemo so that's a lineup right there <laughs> so that's uh so this was the sixth movie if i'm counting correctly a what a sick movie sixth pixar install install <laughs> ins- <laughs> installment <laughs> yeah gotcha yeah so the fifth or ah, the sixth pixar installment <laughs> you cannot say that word <laughs> the sith yeah star wars <laughs> But um, yeah, so it was a sixth Pixar movie. And the big hype on this, I remember, was Pixar had never done a movie before that was centered around humans. It always been toys or bugs or fish or monsters. But and while there were humans in those movies, there had never been a movie centered around the human world. So that's that was an interesting thing. I remember at the time when this movie came out. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. That's a good point. Not your typical Pixar. No, and so that was that was definitely different for the time. I remember this was a movie that I really enjoyed as a kid, but I think I I actually think I'm different from you, Jason, where I think I started to appreciate it more as I aged. Really? Yeah. What did what did you what grew on you about it? I think there is um, there is some depth there, which we'll get into. And I think you really get to see a lot of the clever Pixar stuff. But ultimately, I, I don't think it's like... I mean, there are all these other Pixar movies that you could talk about with Finding Nemo or Bugs Life or Wally, Ratatouille. This is somewhere in the middle for me. But for an... I guess for... <laughs> It is kind of funny that I went the opposite way because this is totally a movie catered for like the 10 to 12 year old is going to think is the coolest movie ever. For sure. Yeah. Another thing about the history of this movie that I think is important to bring up. This was around the time that superhero movies were really starting to take off on the big screen. So this was 2004. And you, do you remember this era of superhero movies, Jason? Uh, remind me. Like, so, give me some titles. Spider-Man, um, the original Spider-Man series with okay. Tobey Maguire, X-Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, our childhood, like, version of, of superhero movies. Yeah, yeah. Before yeah. Avengers and all that. Right. And the Incredibles as a team are pretty similar to the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I see it. Definitely. Yeah. But, all right, like, let's get into this. I think, uh, all right, so let's talk about the opening of this movie. It's a pretty great opening, right? Legendary. Yeah, no, it's sick. It's so cool. So you have these interviews of them talking for the TV, and I'm guessing this is in the 1950s. Yeah, that's what it felt like. 
Yeah. Because I, I know they mentioned later when they're doing the scene with all these people who died from capes that they were listing off these dates from like 1958, 1957. I don't know. Maybe a little bit after that because like there was some stuff like once you get to current day with the family. Yeah. Didn't quite seem like the 80s or anything. But, no. <laughs> but maybe it was like that was like the history of, of superheroes, you know, 50s and then Mr. Incredible Elastigirl's prime. Maybe oh, like yeah. Late 60s. I mean, who knows? Yeah, that's a good point. So that's a that's a fun intro to the characters. We get in, uh, Elastigirl, Mister Incredible, Frozone. They're all talking. Man, I'm just so glad that Samuel L. Jackson is in this movie. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Takes it to the next level. Oh, absolutely. And that's yeah. just like the best character. <laughs> he is. He Ever Frozone was a fan favorite for sure. Yeah, because he's just such a great guy. He is. Especially in contrast to Mr. Incredible. I hate Mr. Incredible. I, oh. I didn't even realize it until so, I just saw it. And it, it it worked me up. I was like, this guy is he used to be my hero. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> and it starts from the beginning of the movie. It's just like a jerk. In what way? All right. So first he starts out. I mean, he, like they're clearly like they're doing it on purpose. Like this guy is, you know, it's supposed, I think it's supposed to be like, all right, from the beginning of the movie, you know, he starts out immature, full of himself, and he, like, grows from it. But, all right, so we'll start with the start of the movie. Yeah. He's, like, driving around his fancy car. All right, you know, he, you could tell he's really not into saving the cat. You know, does he care about it? He, he doesn't give uh, no, he uh, doesn't. anything about the cat. He, he's just there, you know, trying to keep his reputation up. Yeah, he's, he's all about for his the reputation. glory. He's not worried about his lady. He's late for his uh his wedding. True. And he's he's really mean to to Buddy. Buddy has a rough first part of this movie. <laughs> right. Like I don't even I don't even dislike Buddy. I would probably turn out the same way. Mr. Have Incredible you, needs to get his act together. Have you ever had so let's alright, so Incrediboy is denied the opportunity to work with Mr. Incredible, which ultimately backfires on him as Incrediboy turns into the villain syndrome. So this begs the question for me, Jason, have you ever met a celebrity and or someone that you thought was really cool and then had a bad interaction with them and you went the other way on them? Maybe ask for an autograph? Yeah, dude. When I was When I was like, and he, from like six to thirteen, like probably went too long. I was just obsessed with Steve Nash, like Steve Nash, everything. I had, I had Phoenix Suns pencils. Steve Nash was my password to every computer. Uh, Whoa! Still, yeah, it was it was weird. But uh, I went for my birthday. I would get Celtic Suns tickets every year, and we would go. Me and my dad would go an hour early to the game before anybody was there. And they didn't even have the security guards an hour before the game. So the Suns were warming up on the court. And we just went down to the floor uh, area. And as Steve Nash was walking off back to the locker room to get free throws, uh, from shooting his free throws, I, I, I just, I took a risk. I stepped up in his path. I shook his hand. I thought we were going to, I thought we were going to chat. He, he didn't even look at me. He slapped my hand, my handshake. Uh, you know, I was going for the firm handshake, maybe grip it, make eye contact. <laughs> talk for a bit he slapped and walked to the locker room i was like dude whoa 
you don't even know. You don't. I, I know what your birthday is. <laughs> and you he were changed move. by that. I probably should have been. I still loved him. You know, I have yeah. a more loving heart than than Buddy. You know, he he's not as not as forgiving. Well, one day you are going to be the GM of an NBA team, and he's going to have to get a job from you as a coach. I mean, he's he's. Oh, he's gonna be a coach. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I'll turn him down. <laughs> yeah, screw that guy. <laughs> so yeah, so there's a lot of interesting stuff. I, you can understand where Mister Incredible is with some of the stuff from Buddy because he's like, all right, this is getting a little weird. He's just jumping into my car now. He wants to be my sidekick, and I think there is an element of he is a little concerned about this kid. He doesn't want the kid to get hit in some crossfire, which ends up happening when Bomb Voyage sticks a little bomb on his shoe, one of his uh, jet shoes or whatever you want to call them. Actually, and, it's cape, a little foreshadowing. Oh, was it on the cape? Yeah, he threw it onto the cape. Oh, wow. But got him. Wow, I'm shook from that. Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, oof. I know, I know where that's going. That's going to come back up. <laughs> so, um, you can understand some of it now. Maybe Mister Incredible didn't go about the right way of letting him down. Yeah, no, not at all. Are you? I mean, I can't even believe you're defending this guy. <laughs> he was so mean. <laughs> but I mean, you're, you're an adult. That's a kid. You can you can talk him off the ledge. You can talk him down a little bit. You don't have to just eject him from your car. I mean, he literally ejected him. Yeah. <laughs> And maybe show some interest in the kid's inventions. Maybe you could have put them to good use. Yep, and that is going to bite him later in the movie. Uh, so then also, so then we're introduced to Elastigirl, and she offers that he should be more flexible. Yeah, dude, there's a ton of sexual tension in that scene. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> but I liked it. That Elastigirl was a fox. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird. It's weird to say. It's an animated <laughs> character. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we're then there's the wedding. Then really the big thing though that comes out of this is Mr. Incredible saves someone who does not want to be saved. And then in addition to this jumper suing him, there's also the people on the train who had the accident. And these attorneys are basically just blasting the superheroes. And because of all that, the superheroes have to go into hiding. Right, right, right. So I thought it was interesting. Were the superheroes employed by the government? Yeah, that's a great question. I didn't even think about that. Because how are they getting money? It seemed like that's a full... It seemed like a full-time gig, given how busy Mr. Incredible was. That's true. I mean, I didn't even think about it. You know, how, how do superheroes get paid? But they were just, uh, they must have been because later on, that government employee guy talking about erasing memories, relocating the family. So there's clearly some connection there. Yeah, it was interesting with what was going on because we didn't see the superheroes getting any endorsement deals when they were doing those commercial or those interviews. So I don't know how they're getting paid. Oh, I mean, clearly they're just like special forces. They're like a branch of the military. Yeah. I, like I, I think I think that's worth taxpayer money. I would pay extra taxes if we had superheroes protecting us. 
I don't know if they start breaking stuff like Mr. Incredible did, <laughs> you know, it might be some controversy. Yeah. Basically, we're set up with the plot here that they they're all forced into retirement. We have that government gentleman who seems like he cares about them, wants to help them. Yeah. And he shows up um, again when we see that Robert Parr hates his job. But basically, then we see that they're living a normal life. And Mr. Incredible is not he's very distracted and he's not enjoying his life. It's very boring. Yeah. I mean, looks like his job kind of sucks. And it's like, I, I don't feel for him, though. It's like not everybody can be a superhero. That doesn't mean your life has to suck. That guy, I mean, he's an absolute bummer at his work. Like, yeah, he is just his face is just like not there. Like, dude, you have a good family. All right. And you, your job doesn't have to be your life. Like, go no. find some hobbies. You're Mr. Incredible. This guy's just he's just has a bad attitude. I have no pity for that. Yeah, and it's interesting because then we see him in Frozone or Lucius. We found out is his name. Like, I doubt you would have remembered that for a trivia game before watching this movie, would you have? No, like, just watching it and paying, like, closer attention last night, I noticed so many things I didn't remember as a kid. Like, <laughs> Lucius and Honey. Kind of some yeah. cool names over there in the Frozone household. So, Frozone and Mr. Incredible... It's what is known as bowling night is apparently they listen to the police radio and they try to go out and relive the glory days. And it's really interesting because as you bring up about Mr. Incredible, it doesn't seem like his motivation is as much to help people. Well, I think there's a little bit of that there. Like we see that when there's the mugging going on when he gets fired from his job or when he quits from his job, whichever happens first. Yeah. It's clearly he's trying to relive the glory days. It's like someone who is playing in an intramural basketball league or going back for their homecoming weekend of college. Yeah, just going way too hard. Yeah, exactly. Like, dude, go bowling. Relax. (laughs) Bowling's fun. Yeah, Frozone was about it. I wanted to go bowling, he said. <laughs> yeah. Robert Parr. He's just it's just further evidence. This guy he he sucks. So we're introduced to the family and Dash is I think Dash is a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Definitely my favorite as a young man. Yeah, he's relatable because we were about that age when the movie came out, having a lot of energy, maybe a little bit of ADD there, which I can relate with. Yeah, and I was slow, so I loved him. I was like, (laughs) imagine. So he's a little bit of a prankster, and then he's got an older sister named Violet, who is the typical teenage girl who's in her awkward stage and doesn't know if she wants to be noticed by boys or not. Mm, yeah, I didn't even think about that. It's true. She, like, hides, but, like, still likes him. Yeah. I feel yeah. Yeah, very junior high. Like, very much eighth grade, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know much about eighth grade girls, but... <laughs> so, yeah, so there's a lot. Um, so we see her power is invisibility and force fields, and those force fields are very, very powerful. Yeah, it's a weird power, though. Pretty random. Like, well, It's the same as the Invisible Woman in the Fantastic Four. Oh, she has force fields, too? Yeah. What's the connection there? I don't get it. 
I think because, like, how are you supposed to fight if you're just invisible? You have to have something else. Yeah, but, like, where did that come from? There must be some, like, scientific reason. I mean, in the Fantastic Four, they are flying in a spaceship and they get hit by some rays in outer space and exposed to some rays and that's what does it. And so I guess ever since then, everyone who's invisible has to have force fields. All right, I'll just accept it. That's fine. (laughs) Your thoughts on the Parr family dynamics? Well, just continuing with the theme, Robert is just a bad person. He's not (laughs) not carrying his weight in that family. And uh, Elastigirl, what's her name? Uh, Helen Parr. Helen. Helen's carrying that. She put the team on her back. Great mom. There for the kids. Trying to trying to make sure things run right, you know. And I think it's symbolic in how so many moms are superheroes, Dang. aren't they? Yeah, I mean that was that was sweet. Wow. <laughs> and I think I think though we spend a good chunk of this first first part of the movie is based around Robert Parr, which is longer than I remembered it to be. Was it longer than you remembered it to be? Uh. No, no, I was kind of like, I was enjoying that part. I was just hating on him the whole time. I was like, this guy, (laughs) here he goes again, doing some stuff. But I mean, I I enjoy the whole movie. I just, I, I just, when I think of the movie, I always think of them being on the island and all that stuff. Right. That's more, that's definitely more memorable, fast pace, different scenery. But yeah, the whole first half of the movie is kind of like in suburbia. It is. on Robert. And so while it's like the first part is all about Robert and then the second half is the Elastigirl show. We're really being we're being shown all the different things that she can do. She's really a big time all-star. Yeah, she is. Nothing negative to say about her. No. Great. Yeah. If you had one of these powers, Jason, which one would you pick? Uh I guess Elastigirl. Yeah, me too. You think so? I'd take the flexibility because I think Pixar did a great job. They're so clever and they really show all the different things that you could do with that. Whereas Super Strong, okay, like, yeah, that's cool, but there's not a lot of... You're not very versatile. Where you see Elastigirl as a parachute, as a boat as she's holding their uh, van together when they're Yeah, she's flying. also a slingshot, like when she does that. Yeah, that was great. I love that. Yeah. And then she's uh, showing off when they're on the island, and she's stuck in the doorways, and she's knocking guys over. Right, right, right. It'd also just be nice if you are be able to reach for a Coke can while you're sitting on the couch. Yeah. Not have to get up. Or, like, I wouldn't even need, like, crazy, like, jumping ability. I would just be a great basketball player for my whole <laughs> life. I could just be driving right and then just, without jumping, shoop, dunk that thing. So, that's another question, is what skill set for each of these, or maybe we could even compare each of them to an athlete, 
Um, but Elastigirl is definitely just made tailor made for basketball. Elastic, yeah. I mean, I guess. Oh yeah, she could just stretch, be eight feet tall. Oh my yeah. gosh. Oh, I mean, she'd be a great rim protector. The possibilities are endless. I have a good comparison for Dash. Oh, hit me with it. So you probably haven't heard of him, but there's a baseball player named Billy Hamilton. No, I haven't heard of him. And he's just uh, incredibly fast. That's his game. Yeah. Well, there he is. That's Dash. Yeah. He's like a 190 hitter right now, maybe 200, but but he can steal bases like a cheetah. Wow. Cheetahs don't steal bases, Jack. (laughs) But um, I think it's like, it's kind of disappointing when Dash runs track. It's like, yeah, dude. Put that to good use. Do something somebody cares about. Track, like and I'm what? not even trying to hate on track. <laughs> Sister was a track runner, but uh, it's One like... One of your roommates was, too. He's probably listening to this now. Yeah, it's all right. He'll survive. But, uh, <laughs> dude, track, it's like... It's like... It's not fun, you know? <laughs> Who does track? Like, he would be great at... He would be great at a lot of things. I don't know why they had to put, had to put track. It was so obvious. It's like, always oh, fast, run track. But, I mean, it just shows, it just goes to show, like, he had nothing else but his superpower. And this is something I wanted to ask you about. When yeah. they're talking about, like, they're talking about, like, uh, when when everybody's super, nobody is. Yeah, they're tr- I think they're trying to get it, like, a little, like, uh, participation trophy theme. You, you mm. following me? I could see that. They're like, you know, if everybody, if everybody's special, you know, then it takes away from what these what what uh truly exceptional people have. And I mean that's what I thought about. I thought about that yeah. debate. What do you what do you think about that? I agree with you. Um and I that's something that that line I've always remembered that line. Yeah. And so watching this rewatch, there's a scene where they're driving in the car after Dash is in the principal's office and his mom is saying to him um like something along the lines of everyone special and then she says everyone special and then dash's responses which is another way of saying no one is right right so there's some foreshadowing there yeah yeah i was thinking about it. i was like what what are they trying what are they trying to get at because like the participation trophy thing i mean what, what, what's your thoughts on that you think you think there should be, you know, everybody should be celebrated for for trying, or you think there should be some clear winners and losers? <laughs> well, I don't really have an opinion on that, but we could save that for that one for another time. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Know. I think uh, I think there's there's positives and negatives to both both I agree. Uh, both ways, but I feel like they didn't really make a clear distinction on what they're getting at. I mean, maybe like. Uh, Maybe they're taking the side like you know, let your let your powers be shown. Don't hide it. You know, there you, you should be. I like the idea that you should be different. But you know, what kind of message is that? That the superheroes are are so much better than everybody else that they shouldn't. Uh, not everybody should be celebrated. I don't know. That's true. So I think this is a good way to lead us into Syndrome as a character. Um, because it, he's a really complex villain, I would say. Yeah, I like him because it's like I understand where he's coming from. I understand where the bad parts of him are coming from. You know, he was hurt as a kid, 
can't blame him for that. That's that's Mr. Incredible's fault that he turned out so mean. And then the good parts about him are just are, are what's confusing me, that they made the villain the guy who wasn't born special. He was the guy who made something of himself. He yeah. he, he took I mean, he reminded me of myself, you know, I, I, I don't I don't have the athletic gifts. I, I got myself there though. You know what I mean? I, I I identify with with syndrome. They're trying to make him the villain. That's why I'm. That's what I was getting at with this participation trophy oh. thing. You know what I mean? It's like, well, well, everybody's special. Well, nobody is. Well, no, that that's, that doesn't mean what that. That's not what that means. If everybody's special, everybody has a uh, something that they can contribute. It doesn't mean that everybody's the same. You know what I mean? I think I think syndrome was onto something, and he just had some anger deep seated from his childhood, and it it let him askew. But I, oh, the overall idea of him, I like. I like it. No, I, I'm with you on that because his intentions are very interesting. It's not like, well, I'm trying to rule the world and I just want everyone to worship me or I want all the power and all the... I think he does want fame and recognition, but it's coming from a different place where he ultimately, at the end of the day, he wants to be the hero. Yeah, He doesn't want to be the villain. Right. I think everything that's driving him is just coming from being rejected by his hero. I mean, there is nothing more powerful than a childhood dream. Nothing more powerful. And that, that's going to stick with you no matter what. His dream was to be like Mr. Incredible. And Mr. Incredible w- was terrible to him. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm totally with Syndrome. Because he all, all he is is a, a, a product of, some, of some, some nasty behavior. All he wants to be is like Mr. Incredible. Nothing evil about that. It's true, but he lures him in. He kind of catfishes him into this island. And <laughs> That's a funny way of putting it. <laughs> I and like this. He gets this device in the mail, and it resembles an iPad. Yeah, that's true. It's like, this is before the iPad came out. Wait, The Incredibles was released before the iPad came out. Yeah, there was no type of tablet. Um, I don't think so. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. It even had like a button like right in the middle. Like, yeah, it was pretty identical. Yeah, it was. They're probably thinking, well, I don't even know if the iPod, the iPod touch wasn't even out then. No, chill, chill, chill. The iPod touch was out. Was it? I don't know. I feel like it was. <laughs> I feel like the iPod touch has been out forever. But uh, let me look that up. Yeah, look that up. But yeah, that's that was that's a good point iPod Touch was first generation 2007. And this movie came out three years before that. Dang. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. There you go. <laughs> so he gets he gets lured in. And it was, it's really interesting. So what exactly would you say Syndrome's intentions are? He wants to just get rid of all these superheroes? He wants to kill them off? No. He, like, that's the thing. He's not even trying to kill them. All, he just, that's just collateral damage and his ultimate goal to, yeah. to get this, this machine going so he can live out his dream. Yeah. Like, M- Mr. Incredible was just born into his dream He's out there living it, telling Syndrome, no, you tell him, buddy, actually, no, you can't have it. He's just going out there, hey, if if I got pushed to the side, I'm going to push some people to the side to get mine. I can't hate on that. I, I, I'm I with you. I, I see where you're coming from on that. All right. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, uh, we'll see where the audience is with all this. But 
So so does he have to kill off the superheroes to get the the powers from them? Or does he just want to make all of them go extinct? I, I think neither. I think, I mean, maybe, maybe I, I missed something here, but I feel like he was just, uh, he was just trying to get his, that robot thing ready. He was just like, can I, like, it needs to be able to beat superheroes. Oh, you know yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah. He was testing yeah. his machine. And then, uh, and then Mr. Incredible being like the best superhero was like the ultimate test for his machine. So this thing, and he assumed that his machine is what beat Mr. Incredible, like that big one, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, uh, well, it is interesting because he doesn't kill Mr. Incredible. Yeah. He shows that he could capture him and then he never kills him. Right. It's, it's like, I think it's partly just the movie had to work, but, right. But, uh, that thing, like they, they always like, all right. So when, uh, Robert Parr and, and, Lucius are talking in the car. Lucius is talking about an old story from back in the day. He's like, he's got me on a platter. And what does he do? And and Par goes, he starts monologuing. It's like a joke about like all these superhero movies. Like, it's always like in the climax when the the yeah. <laughs> hero looks like he's on the ropes, and then the uh, villain starts talking about how great he is and ruins the moment when he could have just ended it. Like yep. that's kind of like a theme in the superhero movies, and then it happens like many times. You know what I'm talking about? So then he. Yep. Then and then uh, he's got the like tw- twirly things right at Mister Incredible's neck on the machine, and then what does he do? He starts monologuing, and then Mister Incredible <laughs> throws the log at him, and he he even like acknowledges it, and he's like, "You caught me monologuing." So, oh, that was a good impression there. Oh, stop! No, best. I liked it. Thanks. But so. yeah, and they actually there was a Geico commercial recently. Did you see that where? <laughs> They it says like as long as evil villains reveal their plans, you can count on Geico to f- saving folks money. <laughs> no, I didn't see it. I don't have cable, so I'm pretty oh. out of the loop on commercials. But that sounds funny. Yeah, it's a recent one. Yeah, you can YouTube that. And so anyway, so he gets lured into this, but before he can go over to the island, he must stop by Edna Mode. Oh, greatest character maybe in any movie ever so underrated yeah i mean i don't know i feel like she gets some great credit she does some good memes about her some i mean some good impressions done of her (laughs) she's like the best character ever created yeah so she's great so that's a lot of fun when he goes over there yeah even more fun when helen goes though yes (laughs) she shows the whole lineup yeah, so like this is what can happen in case your baby is ever lit on fire. He should be okay because of the suit, or the suit should be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in Helen's like only moment of weakness in the whole movie, Edna is like feminist power. She was like inspiring Helen. She's like, oh, what am I going to do? And then Edna, I'm not even going to try to do an Edna impersonation, but yeah. it, was, it, was, it was a beautiful moment. She just empowered Elastigirl reminded her of who she is and brought her back to reality yeah that was yeah she's a lot of fun she's a great character um they actually did use her in a commercial too recently for a car company really yeah what do you think her role could be in in incredibles 2 are there gonna be some more suits coming out i don't know i hope so she will show up there's no way that she's not showing up it would be impossible 
So that's a good question. I don't know if they'll have to go for new suits or if there'll be something where she'll just pop up and they'll run into her at a grocery store or <laughs> oh, she, I don't think she's buying her own groceries. Oh, no way. Not a chance. You're not going to catch Edna, Edna at, a, at a grocery store. <laughs> but yeah, so Edna Mode, a lot of fun. Great, great character there. Super, super great. There's another funny line in this part of early part of the movie where that maybe goes back to your participation trophies comments where Dash is graduating fourth grade and Helen says to Robert, so you aren't going to go, you don't want to go to your son's graduation. He said, he's not graduating. He's moving from the fourth grade to the fifth grade. Right. Exactly. (laughs) They're really trying to drive this point home. Yeah. And, and, uh, Mr. Incredible is clearly on on one side of that <laughs> argument. So, all right. So then they get lured. Um, so he's lured to the island. And I do. I would say though, I do think he does want to kill some of the superheroes because he there's he's got in the database. He says which ones are terminated. So it seems like that's some sort of a goal to locate them all. And though he wants to train them. He doesn't mind expiring them as well. True. Also, I think you're, you're right because he doesn't want any. Uh, when he go, does go down to to uh, execute his master plan, he doesn't want any actual superheroes coming in and taking any of the credit. No, he does not. Right. So that's definitely a goal of his as well. But I think it only stems from his childhood drama. Yeah, I think so. So, and then there's the interesting, so Helen's getting suspicious of what's going on with Robert. She sees... Rightfully so. Uh, yeah, she sees a hair on one of his suits from that appears to be from a woman. That bitch. And she thinks he's having an yeah, affair. I would too. He basically is. He kind of is. He's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. No, he's lying about it too. Helen deserves so much more. I would say so. She seems like a great mom. Yeah, she is. Um, so then he ends up getting captured. And, well, he, he does well against the first robot. I'm I'm not exactly sure why he has to go back for a second time. Why they? I guess he maybe had to build that new robot in the meantime. But You mean, like, why would Mr. Incredible go back or why they would have him back? Well, why would they? I, I was thinking about this at first. I was like, why don't they just keep him there? And say, hey, why don't you rest up and take it easy and keep feeding him? And then they set up the other one. But maybe it, it maybe it needed to take a little longer. Yeah, and they needed, like, they didn't want him to get suspicious. They want him to, like, yeah. keep thinking that he's just doing this to, like, help them out. So it's never specified, but where do you think this island is? <sighs> where is it, like, do you remember, like, where it kind of goes to on that on that GPS tracking. I can't Ooh. even remember. I feel like it That's shows. That's a good point. Maybe like off the coast of South America on some made-up oh. island. I was thinking that this was one of those islands where like these celebrities buy their own islands, though, like in the Caribbean. Right, right, right. Maybe. And I was thinking maybe that was it. Yeah. I mean, that looked like a pretty, uh, well, I guess Syndrome just like made it like yeah, beautiful. And it was just forest before. But I don't know. Are there islands like that just out there that are just like rainforests? I don't know. 
I don't know either. Haven't been to any private islands before. Yeah. Maybe one day. Maybe. So he so he goes back the second time. Was there anything up to this point that you wanted to touch on? Um, no, no, not at this point. So he now he's up against the second robot, and Syndrome reveals himself to Mr. Incredible, and he says, "This is who I am. You, this is I'm Incredible Boy, although I'm not Incredible Boy anymore." And that he says, I think he says that ship has lo- has sailed, that is long gone. Right. But there's the big there's a big point here where he starts. Mister Incredible starts apologizing. He says, "Well, now you respect me because I'm a threat." Oh yeah, big time line right there. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's true. It's true. It's like Mister Incredible is the hero in the story. But Syndrome's got a lot of uh, a lot of good points. Yeah, like that, that's definitely he definitely pointed out a truth there. You know what I mean? I, I don't buy that Mister Incredible has like changed all that much. You know, I'm uh, at this point in the movie, uh, I'm still kind of on Syndrome's side until until uh, Mister Incredible really reconnects with his family. I think he's. Mr. Incredible still has pretty selfish intentions, from what I can tell. And Helen says before they're at their wedding, she says, "You're in, in order for the, us to make this work, you're going to be need to be more than Mr. Incredible." And at this point, he seems like he can't be anything other than Mr. Incredible. He can't do anything else in the real world. Yeah, he's not even trying. All he's trying to do is, is strive to be Mr. Incredible. He's not even Mr. Incredible at this point. He's just pretending to be. I think you'd like that on the scene selection for the DVD, it says 15 years and 50 pounds later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. But here he is, and Syndrome ends up accidentally throwing him onto the other side of the jungle. He somehow knows exactly where to fly to, and then he drops an explosive into the water, and he ends up swimming into this cave where his old pal Gazer Beam uh, was left to die, which I think this is a really interesting part of the story. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of like confused at, at how like easygoing everything is, but hit me with it. What's so interesting about it to you? For a little bit, I was confused as to what exactly happened here. So because we see the Kronos password carved out into the cave. Yeah, exactly. So there are two different theories I think people have with this. Is oh, was did that research? Yeah, I was because I was trying to figure it out. Yeah, the first one was that was a safe space for if he ever forgot his password. That's where he wrote it down, which seems a little like an odd place to put it. In an odd way to do it, and why was Gazer Beam looking right at it? Uh, yeah, unless so he I, like just figured it out, and that's why. He had to kill him, but he was trying to kill him anyway, so that doesn't make sense. What's the second theory? So something must have happened where Gazer Beam must have defeated one of those robots. Yeah. And then, because we saw that some of those robots had been defeated when he's looking at the database later. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he must have defeated some, and he gets away. So at some point, he must have gotten into the database and figured out the password 
and somehow he ended up in that cave and he never got out like he was basically left there to die and so he carved that in oh man wow how did mr incredible get out of that cave well i think there was a way out but I don't know. I think they must have cornered him into the cave or maybe the robot was right outside the cave. I don't exactly know how oh, he ended up. And he could have to... totally made that in carving because he's gazer beam. Yes. That's a great theory. That's totally what happened. Yeah. And he was looking right at it with his beam. Yeah, he was looking right at it. Wow. You know, you know, it was disturbing to me. What? Just like continuing the hate parade on Mr. Incredible. Dude, he got down there and like wiped off the dust and was like gazer beam like he's just figuring out that his friend is a skeleton in this cave and he's like the first thing he does is like point at his eyes and look at what he's looking at like (laughs) no regard for the fact that his old friend is right in front of him dead like okay i i don't know if i agree with that i think he looked he looked pretty sad he looked pretty hurt oh give me a break this guy i i would say so yeah you're gonna have to rewatch that he's Dude, he wiped off GB. He said, gazer beam. And then immediately <laughs> went to what he was looking at. Maybe give his, like, dead skeleton a hug or something. So why do you think he looked in the direction of where he was looking at? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think... I don't. I think the, the movie writers got a little lazy there. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Didn't even make much sense. We're trying to uncode this for all of you listeners, but I I don't really know how you can get to that point without making some conclusions that don't have much substance to them. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it is. I think that the movie had to keep on going, pointed at his eyes, saw it was Kronos. I mean, I don't even know. How do you even see? Okay, Kronos. How do you even translate that into your head? Like, oh, yeah, that's the password to the computer. (laughs) <laughs> what does that even mean does chronos even he, mean anything there's got to be I, meanings we're overlooking here um what is it it's nothing backwards is it no maybe it's like latin yeah maybe i don't yeah i don't know what it means i that would have been a good thing for me to look up in preparation for the podcast shoot too in depth for us we'll keep it on the surface <laughs> okay so he hides behind gazer beam and then at this point they think that that's the last they've seen of mr incredible yeah this whole scene must have been tough to get through with like plot holes and whatnot but it's also pretty weird that the the thing can just go down and this advanced technology can't pick up uh this life detector can't pick up uh mr incredible being alive because he's hiding behind a skeleton i'm not sure that's true but i think they poke fun at themselves later when when uh when well, whatever the villain's name is is like uh is like teasing him he's like hiding behind the the bones of another super i mean that's just too good something like that you know yeah I mean? yep so so i yeah, think they were trying to get through the movie there but it was still kind of fun there is some darker stuff also at this point in Pixar's history, as we mentioned, though there's a lot of deep stuff in all these Pixar movies, we hadn't seen anything really this dark in terms of skeletons or like a jumper, someone jumping off a building. There's some dark stuff going on. Oh, yeah. It's like 
kind of unexpected. Like I, I kind of just glossed over it as a kid, but like, yeah, it's not like these superheroes are like like usually a, a kids movie will find a way to like get rid of a character without killing him. But no, these these superheroes are straight dying. Yeah, we're seeing it. Yeah. The remains of Gazer Beam is an integral so, part of the plot. So sometime during this point. Helen decides, all right, like I need to go out there. The kids sneak away with her. And meanwhile, so I guess we could we could continue with Mr. Incredible. How does he end up getting captured again? I can't remember. Oh, so he goes into the computer. Right. And that's where that's powerful part where he's noticing all these people are dead. Yeah. Which is sad. Yeah, it's pretty I mean, kind of sad. He doesn't really care, so I think he cares. I don't know. Hard to tell. He definitely Gazer Beam was a friend of his, and but he's he's most concerned about his wife and Frozone. Right, right, right. True. But he's seeing all these people dead, and I think this is a good point to bring up the cape, as we briefly touched on. That compilation is hilarious. Oh yeah, all the people that died from capes. Yeah. Yeah. No capes. <laughs> there you go. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I think my favorite of those is being sucked into a vortex. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just because of the cape. <laughs> then again, though, we're just we're just laughing over here at straight death to superheroes. <laughs> like that's the thing. Like they were just showing them. They're like sucked into a wind turbine. Like that is disgusting. <laughs> And it's supposed to be comical relief right, too for exactly. the audience. Yeah, it's dark for sure. <laughs> uh, but we'll come back. We'll, the, we definitely will have to talk about the capes as we get to the end of the movie. Mm. So he sees all his friends have died and he figures this stuff out. As he's leaving the computer, he ends up getting hit by all these balls that just stick to him. Yeah, dude, those, Jason, those things are cool. Jason, I definitely have had a nightmare at some point in my childhood no. where I got hit by those. You, are, I had the same thing. That's crazy. <laughs> For some reason, those balls like just stuck in my head, and they're like they're scary. Yeah, I think it's the I think it's the like point. The scarring point is when he's like on the ground and they close to black because they're expanding. Like that is yeah. the scariest thought. I don't know. Like, yeah, something about those. That invention just was was like cool, but definitely disturbed me as a child as well. It's crazy you said that. I think I had the same dream. Yeah, I may have had it more than once too. Yeah, that is a that is a disturbing image for some reason. These balls like they stick to your hand and they just keep getting bigger. And I'm like, I can't get these off. Like, how am I supposed to do anything? And they just keep coming and coming and coming. Yeah. yeah. So now cool. it's time for Elastigirl to become the big time star of the movie. Oh yeah girl power so here she comes with her jet that she's flying she doesn't need someone to fly a jet for her she's doing it the kids stole away in the back and then we get the cool thing where she ends up being a parachute for them and then the boat with dash being the motor i think that was really cool that was so cool yeah liked it and it was like uh it's like dash is just ready to go he has no uh, no insecurities at his age. You know, it's like the benefit yeah. of childhood 
Like, uh, it's true. The other, what, what's her name? Violet is just like too scared to do anything. Dash is just like, oh, you need me to, you need me to be a motor. I'm a motor. Boom. It's just the over falsity of confidence. Right. It works though. In ignorance. I wouldn't even it's call like, it ignorance. It's like, yeah, I, it, my theory, like, I think in real life, like kids just like understand, you know, as you as you gain knowledge and experience and stuff, as you get older, like it, it's good in the sense that you learn things, but you, you also like muddle your vision of like the simplicity of life. And Dash is just like at that point where he just like maybe doesn't understand everything, but like the thing, like there are things he can, he doesn't overthink, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he just goes for you. it. He's born for battle. He's ready to go. Yeah. He's ready to run as fast as he can. <laughs> exactly. That was adorable. Yeah, that, that was, was really an adorable nice. part of the movie. <laughs> I want you to run as fast as you can. As fast as I can. As fast as you can. Oh, thanks, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, and then this is where then Elastigirl starts to kick butt, going through the train. And all those doors, and this is where the action really starts to come in. Yeah, and it's, like, so badass, because it's, like, not even pleasure for her. She's just, like, all business. It's, like, Mr. Incredible wanted to do all this stuff for the glory. Like, uh, uh, Mrs. Incredible, like, she's just here, like, all right, I'm going to go get my husband out. I'm taking care of my kids. It's not funny. You know, it's not fun for her. She's out there taking care of business, doing what she has to do. I'm like you go get him, Elastigirl. Yeah. <laughs> so she's she's killing it, and she also, as we mentioned, the Fantastic Four. She's basically Mister Fantastic Reed Richards. He's the same power. Right, right, right. Yeah. And this is where it gets really cool as um, Robert is freed and he gets out, and then there's a cool part where Helen. He ropes her in, and she's like, stop, let go of me. And then he ropes her in, and they kiss, and she punches that woman that she sees him hugging, who frees him. Yeah. So is she, because she says that there's no knowledge of the government ever knowing her existence. What does that mean? It's a good question. I think it just means they're both, like, off the grid. You know what I mean? Like nobody, she doesn't have like she's not like a typical citizen. She's just like out in the jungle, like working for Syndrome. And then Mister Incredible's at like he's the government knows he exists, but like his actual identity is like higher is like uh his official like identity is Robert Parr, not Mister Incredible. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's all she was getting at. Okay, I was starting to wonder is she have some kind of superpower that we never knew about and maybe we'll find out in this next movie oh dude i didn't even think about that yeah maybe because mirage like such a weird character yeah she's so mysterious yeah it's like Like, the name mystique from x-men oh i think you might be onto something yeah we'll see we will see but she she has a good there's a good I think character arc with her going on. Um she's a supporting character, she's never a major character in this role, but she has a big time change of heart that enables them to go free. At least to get him out free the first time. Right, yeah. 
She does. I still don't like her just because I'm such a big fan of Elastigirl. Yeah. And Elastigirl was concerned that yeah. she was cheating on with Robert Parr. And there's definitely some flirtation going on there. They were making eyes, Jack. Yeah, they were. They were. I didn't like it. I like, but that's why Elastigirl gets her licks in and she punches her right in the face. That's and right. it's 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 some good slapstick comedy right there. Yeah. Other slapstick comedy. I love the part where Dash realized he's allowed to punch the bad guys. Oh yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that was that was great. And then he starts running on water and he's surprised. Yeah, I that was really cool. That was like so he starts running on water and it's almost like a coming of age thing where he starts to realize, Whoa, I can do this. I didn't even know I could do this. Yeah. And then as he's being chased between the two different chopper type things, whatever you want to call those little planes, he starts running in between them like he's caught in a pickle or a rundown in a baseball yeah. game. Yeah. That was definitely emulated there. And yeah. then they crash into each other. That was really cool. And he, and he slows down and yeah. then that makes him fall through the water. Like I, I used to think that was so cool. Yeah. I love that, uh, that like whole scene. Another thing I picked up on is there's the line where Helen says to her kids in the cave earlier, and she says, you know those bad guys that you see on TV where you, they're just kind of harmless and they'll, they won't do anything because of your kids? Like, well, these are the real bad guys. These, they'll actually, they don't care. They're, gonna, they're not like those people. And that was basically their way of telling the audience, like, these guys are really bad, really bad. Right. And, like, well, I didn't know how she knew that. And then also I was like, yeah, like, that just goes with the whole movie. Why are they, why, <laughs> they're actually killing people in this movie. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I don't know how she knew that that was what they were. And I also don't know what she's referring to. Like, dude, I guess, yeah, I guess bad guys. I, like, I know what she It's means. movies. Like, they're not actually going to kill any, nobody's actually going to die. They're not going to kill children. Right, right, right. I feel you, I feel you. Yeah. And they were ready because they were shooting guns at the kids. They're shooting guns at girls. He he trips Violet, one of those guys. And then I like when Dash sticks up for his sister. Right. Yeah, it was very, very inspiring brother-sister moment. But when when Dash gets inside the force field and they start running like a bowling ball, like what's stopping that? that <laughs> oh, yeah, that was very exciting. At that point, it was like the parents were like not even that cool. Yeah. They came in, like, just not very effective. Dash and Violet had the situation handled. They did, and that's where it gets really cool. And this was, like, as we mentioned, pre-Avengers. Avengers did this sort of scene well in the first Avengers movie where you just see all these different superheroes using their powers together and how cool that is as a tag team. And this was really, this works really well. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a great moment, and then it's like all that momentum gets built up, and you're rooting for them, and then it's like, whoa, 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 hold up. So it's like the people making the movie are like playing with your whole emotions, yeah, your whole momentum of what's going on. You're rooting for them. You feel like it's all happening, and then he stops it dead in its tracks. Yeah, and then you get the fun scene where... He says, you married Elastigirl? And got busy. <laughs> I, it's pretty funny when we're supposed to have our nice sensitive moment where Robert Parr learns his lesson 
and is becoming more than Mr. Incredible. And he's like, I got us all into this situation. This is all my fault. I was selfish. And Violet is escaping and Dash starts to say, guys, wait. And <laughs> I love how I love how Elastic Girl is like, Dash, this is really important. Your, your father's saying something. Let him talk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like. It was like, again, Mr. Incredible trying to take a little bit of the spotlight here. Don't worry, Violet's got it handled. Yeah. <laughs> but Elastigirl, being the great wife she is, is just so supportive that even though at her angle, she's looking to the yeah. left, <laughs> Violet's on the far left, she sees the whole thing happen, but she's, she's just like locked in to make sure that marriage <laughs> is cool. She's like, let him talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was cool. Even though they have a time limit on all this. Yeah, Elastigirl has her has her priorities. She's making sure they're going to be all right. All right, so um, I think that really does it for the island. Yeah, let's take it back down to America. Yeah, so we get back into whatever uh, metropolitan area that this is, and this robot is ready to mess things up. And Syndrome. Now, this is where Syndrome, this is kind of a soft move for me with Syndrome, where he starts to, okay, look what I can do, but I'm just doing it with a remote. Right, yeah, but I mean, that's his whole thing, though. I know, but it would have been cooler if he was like, I got, like, if he had planned, I got this certain thing that I can shoot into it that is going to, or I can freeze it with this thing on my wrist. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you. Yeah, instead of like, oh, I'm just going to like secretly hit these buttons on a remote. Yeah, I think that's, they're trying to like get at like trying to make him look less likable. Because he clearly, everything we know about him, he could have invented something like that, but we really want to make him seem like a fraud. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a flopper in basketball. Yeah, totally. He tries to, but he, he... the machine that he created is too smart for him. Right, right. It learned. Yeah, that was so cool. It's like AI. It's like, oh, they're totally <laughs> they're totally telling us about our society. They're telling us about ourselves. Yeah. They're like, you, you guys better watch out. Us movie makers know what's coming. Dude, I think it's coming. Have you seen that video of that of that like dog looking robot that opens the door for its friends and then walks in? I didn't see that one. I've seen other artificial intelligence stuff that looks freaky it's yeah, creepy dude, i robot is coming we're going down i every movie that we've seen where we get really advanced with artificial intelligence and then we become dependent on them which we see in another pixar film wally which maybe that gets a podcast of its own someday it but should. i cried in that one too that might be the last time i cried and then the next time was when I watched Coco. <laughs> a solid 10 years. Yeah, some beautiful Pixar movies. Yeah, I need to see Coco. But the whole thing is we're like everything we've seen from fiction is don't rely on artificial intelligence. But for whatever reason, there are people that are pushing for that in our society today. I know. I know. I think it's like a fun idea like artificial intelligence is going to get too smart and fight back. And it's like a lot of us, you know, it's a fun idea for like fiction to like to like deal with. But that, yeah, it might become real. Who knows? Who knows? So 
Syndrome then basically is hiding, right? Because he just disappears. When? Oh, yeah, he disappears. In So Syndrome introduces himself. I'm a new kind of super. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then he disappears. Oh, yeah, where does he go? I have no idea. Wait. I think he's just hiding because we see him once he starts seeing the Incredibles get the credit. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, gosh, what did I do? Where, like, where was he at that point, though? I forget. He was on a building, I think. Okay. Yeah, he's just chilling. He's yeah. part of that thing. <laughs> the some hero you are. Dude, you can't blame the guy. No. <laughs> I, I can't defend him past this point. Dude, all right, so at this point, they're trying, like, everything we know about Syndrome, like, doesn't match up with this image. He, he, he could have just used his frozen thing. And just, yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Zero point energy, baby. Or his explosive thing that he has on his wrist. Oh, yeah. Like, come on. This guy's this guy's like Batman. He's got it all. Yeah, he is. Or Iron Man. Iron. Oh, yeah, that's better. He's like Iron Man. And the, the S on his chest looks a little bit like Superman. Yeah, maybe he's like trying, like, he wants to be Superman because that's like the pinnacle of superheroes, but... Yeah, too bad for him. He's he's stuck with the Iron Man comparison. So something that I should mention at this point is that the when I was at Carthage College, the <laughs> mascot that they have looks a lot like Syndrome. <laughs> That's creepy. What he's is su- this? He's supposed to look like some kind of a like fire kind of guy. Okay. Because they're they're the red men, so like fire type of thing, but. He just looks like Syndrome. They're the Red Men? Yeah. I'm going to text you a picture of his name, Sparky. All right. And I'm going to have you react to this on the podcast. All right. We'll see. Oh, no. His name's Torchy. Gosh. Why did I say Sparky? Torchy. Sparky's a better name. That's why. It is. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like a dog as opposed to... A torch. Yeah. Tor- Torchy is not even like a, it's not a name. It's not a thing. <laughs> Torchy. That's just lazy. <laughs> I make a torch. His name's Torchy. All right. Check these out. Does that look like syndrome kind of? Oh, I definitely see the comparison. <laughs> Jeez. Just like syndrome. <laughs> I wonder if they modeled him after this. He's got the know. same like red spiky hair. And then some like made up superhero suit that isn't a thing. <laughs> yeah. I, and why is that a mascot anywhere? That's a weird mascot. I think it's ugly. It is. All right. But so the Incredibles launch back into action and Helen is carrying the team literally on her back at this point as she stretched out carrying the aircraft, which is really cool. Right, yeah. And I then mean, I, I don't know why, like, I don't like watching that scene. It just makes me uncomfortable. Like, I feel for her. That yeah. looks so uncomfortable. Yeah, and the high altitude and, like, you think about how her ears were popping. Yeah, and, and, and then cla- classic Mr. Incredible is like, how you doing up there? <laughs> <laughs> Hate that. You didn't sound very considerate there. Not at all. Not at all. That guy's that guy sucks. So now they're called into action, and 
they tell that this is another big part where Mr. Incredible says, all right, well, I, I, I'm not strong enough. And she's like, is this all about, are you a thing about how strong you are? You have to prove how strong you are. And then he, he reveals, I'm not strong enough to lose you. Yeah, like, I don't really, I, I wasn't really vibing with that, like, emotional moment. <laughs> Explain to me how you felt, because I, I don't know how I was supposed to feel. Like, what, you can't, you're not strong enough to lose, I'm not strong enough. What, like, dude, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> As if you're going to go in there and beat this thing. Like, you were just running through the jungle, your family just saved you. Yeah. What are you talking about? You're not strong enough to lose them. But the, the He's just, he's, he's trying to assert his dominance, you know, I'm the protector, I can't lose you guys, but like, that ship has sailed, buddy, you, you were just, you were just captured on an island, your wife like, took your two kids to go save you, you're not, you're not that guy, I'm sorry. <laughs> so this is like Carmelo Anthony, where he's at with his career. Explain. Like, He's just jacking up threes. He's going ISO, and he's like, "Oh yeah, whatever." Uh, I I I can't lose you, Russell Westbrook and uh, Paul George. Um, I'm I'm, but that ship has sailed, Carmelo. You're not the guy anymore. Exactly, exactly. You should go over there on the bench because whoever that whoever that Spanish player that came in in that playoff series was doing a much better job than you were. Yeah, dude, Carmelo is just like, I honestly, coming into the league, well, we don't need to go into All this, right, but yeah. <laughs> I thought he would be better than LeBron. Like, he was so skilled. But you know what? When you're fat, you're fat. <laughs> For most of his career, he was fat. And Mr. Incredible is fat, too. Exactly. Way to bring us back. <laughs> so, now, this is where it gets really fun, where we get probably the most famous, most quotable scene in the movie is Frozone and his super suit. Oh my God. L I forgot. Love this scene. Dude, I have to text you a picture now. Holy moly. All right. So like we, dude, there's this guy on Valbo basketball staff, the director of basketball operations, Joel Zimba <laughs> shout out. Dude, yeah. We, we've called this like every time I saw him for like a year, like after somebody commented on this, I called them like, I, we would just like, Anytime any of any of the uh, players or managers saw him in the hall, we would just be like, "Where is my super suit?" <laughs> <laughs> no, he looks just like Frozone. Yeah, I can see it. I, I I remember him. Yeah, that is the best scene. Though. <laughs> it's great, and <laughs> I love the line where he says, "This is for the greater good." And then she says, I am your wife. I am the greatest good that you are ever going to get. <laughs> yeah, classic sassy honey. Yeah. Love now, it. Now, we don't know if she was ever a super. She probably wasn't. Otherwise, we would have seen her. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. Honey, maybe Maybe she's like, maybe she has a stinger. Maybe she's hmm. a bee. Maybe. I don't That's know. That's a really random thought, but. I think it's, we didn't talk about what kind of genes that Dash and Violet and Jack-Jack must have. We didn't even mention Jack-Jack, but we will. We will in a bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's more important for, like, for like Incredibles 2. He's going to be a more integral role. Yeah. Isn't it weird how it's, like, so many years later? What is it, 15 years later, and they haven't aged? That's 
that's something I was thinking about because I was like, it would be kind of cool to see Jack Jack as now like maybe he's uh, maybe not Dash's age, but maybe he's like six or seven years old and Dash and Violet are and maybe Violet's going to college and Dash is a teenager. Yeah. I think that would be interesting to see them in a different state in life. Mm-hmm. But it does look like it's going to be right off of this whole idea where, hey, we can put them back into society. So let's go from there. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So be that'll like, be cool. It's going to be tough. Like, it's hard to make a, a sequel. Like, when you go right back into society, like, they're going to have to come up with another problem. You know what I mean? Hey, the Underminer. Back. I know, but not another villain, but like they had they had to yeah. overcome the villain and a personal problem of realizing that they were okay to be different. What's going to be their personal problem here? I don't know, but I hope it's not too forced. I think there'll definitely be stuff with public perception and rebranding superheroes. Oh, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I think that'll be a big part of the movie. It's also going to be nice to see Elastigirl shine. It looks like they're setting it up for her to be the one that's called into action and being the new face of superheroes. I think Ooh. she's earned it. Have you? Have they released trailers? Yes. Are they? What kind of suits are they wearing? Same. It one? Looks like the same. Oh, it's boring, dude. I wish they went back to Edna and came back in like some all black suits. Hey, maybe they will. Yeah, that would be cool. They're so, probably keeping it out of the trailer just like for fun. Yeah. I mean, just like, just like to tease you. Yeah. So where were we with all this? Uh, we're getting near the end. There was uh, we got we got them all fighting together. They're all like back, you know. We got my favorite part is oh we got super suit. Where is my super suit? And then they're out there fighting the thing. Frozone's out there doing his thing, not being very effective. Now he has kind of a weird power. Like <laughs> it's like not very clear exactly what he can just. Well, I guess it is pretty. It just is weird. Like, yeah, so the first time I saw it, I didn't think he was doing much. But then I watched it again, and I was like, okay, he's he's doing a little bit here. He's making <laughs> it fall over, and he's building up a little wall for protection and stalling for time. And I think mainly the big thing was that he was able to slow it down to allow other people to get their licks in on it. True. But it's like such an obscure power and they've like so it's like weird how they've clearly defined the parameters like he can use the water from the air to create ice that he can slide on and like break walls but like when <laughs> there was no water in the air in the beginning like he can't use it it was just like a funny like like a uh, very specific power they made there yeah is that like a reference to anything there's well, no what other superheroes have ice um, so you have the human torch in Fantastic Four. He's the opposite of the human torch because the human torch can throw flames. Right, so right, right. To combat that, he can throw ice. There's the Iceman in the X-Men movies. Okay, yeah. Who? But he, he is like a little different, like, yeah. ice powers. It doesn't seem like water is a, is a necessity for him as much as Frozone is. Right, right. I kind of liked that element. It was like I, they made they made it make sense. Yeah, it did. Kind of. Yeah. I liked it. 
So he's helping out there. He's kind of like this, uh, the Silver Surfer too, where he's got his little, he's skiing, and then all of a sudden he's getting what looks like a little surfboard or a skimboard out there. Yeah. That was pretty cool. They just pulled that out of nowhere. I like that. He's moving. Yeah. I think he's going to be, we're going to see more of him in this next movie, I think. Yeah, I hope so. Because I think they realized how much people loved him. Yeah, I mean... Samuel Jackson cannot love him. I would like to see someone do an edit of like the R-rated takes of Samuel Jackson, like for the uh, Frozone. Where <laughs> is my mother effing super suit? <laughs> I would love to see that as well. <laughs> you could do it for Star Wars too, as mother effing lightsaber, purple <laughs> lightsaber. <laughs> Did you know the story behind how they wanted him to be a Jedi and he said he would only do it if he got a purple lightsaber? (laughs) And they're like, oh, sure, why not? (laughs) Wow. Gotta love that, Sam L. So anyway, they they take down the robot with um, a team effort and they get the one shot in. It's important they get only one shot, Elastigirl reminds us. Yeah, kind of weird. Yeah. We only got one shot. Why does she only have one shot? I don't know. Like, is it, it's like the remote's running out of battery or something. I don't know. <laughs> I like the part where in this whole scene where Mr. Incredible throws the remote out to Dash to catch. Like, he just launches it while like they're playing catch. That was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely like that. That was beautiful. I really also liked when when Elastigirl swings her her is carrying like a sewer cover and like whips it around a pole and then catapults it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the the slingshot. Yeah, that it's, was so cool. That was yeah. just textbook Pixar being clever. Right, loved it. Yeah, they did a great job with Elastigirl with showing us what all these different things that she could do. With, because I think if you just said to someone, "Oh, what's your power?" Oh, I can be as flexible as I want. You'd be like, "Oh, that's kind of lame." Yeah. But she, they really show us what you could do with that, and that's one of the things that makes Pixar so great is just how clever they are. Yeah, like Mister, like what is it? Mi- Wait, who's the um, who's the flexible guy? Mister Fantastic. Yeah. What? Okay. Yeah, that he's lame. Like they are, they are much less creative in that movie. Well, in the movie, yes. In the comics, which my dad was a big fan of as a kid, yeah, that he showed me some when I was a kid. He's supposed to be really funny and really fun, but he's just kind of a. I don't even know. He's just a, an extra body, basically, in that movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I should check out that comic because I was not impressed with him in the movie. No, but he he's supposed to be a cool character, but All right. Yeah, so that was so then the last big point that we get in this movie is where they're in the limo coming back and Dash says, "This is the best. That was the best vacation ever." And man, I could I feel like either you or I was like that as a kid when we went on a vacation where you just keep getting excited or you have a sibling or you've seen a friend like that like that's very relatable for a kid to just think wow that was the most exciting thing i've ever done yeah and it's like i mean 
I still feel that way about stuff. Like if something really exciting happens, but you know, you just kind of don't say it that much. But yeah, <laughs> he's just he's just letting it out. He's just that was awesome. The other thing that's sad is we never see Dash hanging out with any friends from school. That's well, a good see, point. Yeah, we see Violet with her friend. So Dash, like, he's just got to tell all this to his family. He can't tell anyone a secret. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Dash is pretty popular. Yeah, probably. Pretty cool. He's kid. probably a class clown. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. But it's a lot. And go into it. But yeah, it's still disappointing how in the end he's running track. Like, man, he could have he could have done some better stuff than that. Well, we'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit. But oh, we did have no, 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 because we have this one last bit where Syndrome is still around and he decides he's going to kidnap Jack Jack. Right. And we never even mentioned this babysitter who's way in over her head. Yeah, she's pretty funny. Yeah. She's funny. They actually, I remember back when they released this on DVD, they made a delete. It wasn't a deleted scene because they never made it for the movie. But do you remember when they used to just go all out on DVD specials? Like all the special features? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had a used to be like games and stuff on there. Yeah, and it was fun. And I think that if DVD commentaries came out now, they'd be, like, super popular with how much people like podcasts and stuff. Oh, that's true. I used to listen to those. Like, they'd they'd have, like, the actors watch the movie. Yeah. As I was going. Yeah, that was that's great. That's a great feature. Yeah, I love it. Now they don't do that anymore, and we're moving away from DVDs. However, there was a special that they released just for the DVD edition where you got to see what her adventures were like babysitting Jack-Jack. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. What, did you watch it? I did. It was a long time ago. I didn't watch it recently, but... Oh, okay. I mean, you basically see what he's doing, and it's just comical where all of a sudden he turns into a brick of steel, and... Yeah. Like, it's just very complicated to take care of him. That's funny. it's interesting. Is he a late bloomer? Because or has, does he has he shown these powers before when he's been in his crib? Like we don't know. Yeah, I wonder if like the family like maybe Helen knows, but she like is in denial. Like Ooh. they want to be normal so bad. They're like Jack. Jack doesn't have any powers. Yeah, but, like he really does. <laughs> they all know. Yeah, I can see that. Lying. Yeah, and Dash even says, "Wow, he's lucky that he doesn't." <laughs> That was such a weird. That was such a weird moment. Yeah, they're like, and he's not even potty trained. Like, <laughs> like what? I mean, about the potty train. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I was dying laughing. I was but like, what does that even mean, Dash? It's just weird. <laughs> that was a weird line. I still yeah. don't know what it means. Yeah, I don't know what it means either, but I like it. I do too. So. <laughs> This is the last really big thing that we have to get over is Syndrome is going to try to kidnap the kid, a baby, which is really creepy. Yeah, no, it was messed up. Yeah, also where they really. Yeah, now. All right. Now is where I start to not be on his side. Did you ever see the movie Sky High? No, what's that about? It was a Disney movie where there's a high school for superheroes. Oh, I did watch that. Yeah. And there's a similar. 
yeah, there's a similar ending where the villain wants to turn all these superheroes into babies and then raise them as their own. Oh, that's so, super creepy. Yeah. I do not remember that being the premise. Jeez. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. So that was what the villain was going for. So he says, yeah, maybe he can be my sidekick. And then Jack-Jack just goes ham. Yeah, it's great. My favorite is when he is when he just turns into metal in the prop <laughs> syndrome, like 10 feet. I like it when he turns into... I don't even know what you call that. The little purple, red-looking demon type thing. Yeah, just, yeah, just Jack-Jack demon. <laughs> and he's just going crazy and he's ripping the jets off his shoes and yeah that was that was funny so then they throw helen up there to catch him and then syndrome's like he's like oh man come on and they turns and he gets hit with a car i thought that was really funny dude what Syndrome didn't get hit by a car he throws a car up at him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, thought he meant like how he died. No, no, no. We're okay. we're getting there. We're getting there. Sorry, I got impatient. But that's like kind of just like an fu type thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Screw you! I'm throwing a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, and then, do you want? I'll let you talk about this death. All right. So then, he's like. He's like, what's his line? I don't know. <laughs> oh, shoot. This is why he wanted me to talk about it. I don't remember what he says. Anyways, <laughs> no, that's not the why. Kate comes back and he gets sucked into the the plane. Wait, the no. jet turbines. The jet turbine and dies. <laughs> and it's funny. <laughs> I guess it's kind of funny, but looking back on it now, it's like, man, Buddy had a tough life. He did. It's childhood, no, it, it is childhood genius. His hero misunderstood. Yeah, his all his potential was was distorted and perverted by his his hero that that didn't didn't nourish him, didn't nurture him, didn't help him. It's mean, and now he's dead, and that's it. Yeah, and I'm supposed to laugh. I'm not buying it. <laughs> not hashtag not my comedy Jason (laughs) Karras thank you yes but I mean I think I think that's supposed to be funny and people laugh at that yeah supposed to be but you know I'm not I don't want to be told I don't want to be told what to laugh at I liked him (laughs) not fair Mr. Incredible is not the good guy here you know, I'm all about what's weird about this movie is like I like movies where like the underdog comes out on top. Mr. Incredible yeah. was was the was not the underdog, you know what I mean? No. Dude, Syndrome was the underdog the whole movie and he just lost. Maybe I think that, he did maybe that was the scene. Maybe that was the theme of the whole thing. You know? I think Mr. Incredible kind of is an underdog when he has to get himself back into shape. In some aspects. I mean, I guess, but I have no, like, it's no, like, oh, the world was bad to Mr. Incredible, and, you know, he had to deal with right. it and fight through it. Now, that guy's just a bum. <laughs> he just couldn't deal with being, you know, some, dude, you, you want, you don't want to be an, an insurance, an insurance guy? Find something else to do. Find something else that's not superhero fighting. 
You know? <laughs> that guy, he had no ingenuity. Who had all the ingenuity? Buddy. He just needed a, a little point. guidance. Yeah. Yeah, so, And then the end, we get to your track scene, and this is where it really starts to come together for the kids. We see Violet getting asked on a date by Tony, whatever his name is, but... I made a note. I saw this kid, Tony, and I'm like, he does not look Italian. Tony. Dude, is Tony, he, is Tony short for something? Oh, like Anthony. Anthony, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Very, yeah, he does not. You're right. Yeah, he doesn't look Italian. But neither does I, our friend, Anthony. <laughs> he doesn't look Italian either. Yeah, it would have been cool if he was like, you know uh, the cool kid in Jimmy Neutron? Yeah. Like whatever that guy's name is, yeah, Shane maybe. No, not the not the friend. No. like the you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the, I can't remember his name. Yeah, well, that's what I thought Tony should look like. <laughs> that guy, I think or, his name was Nick. How about Tony Del Vecchio from Backyard Baseball? Dude, I I can picture his voice, but I can't I can't picture his face. <laughs> he had like the really cool hair, and the he always had the lollipop in his mouth. Oh, Tony Del Vecchio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what he should have looked like yeah and then and i personally i didn't think at this point in time pixar's animations for people were all that great compared to like dreamworks i thought dreamworks at this point was a lot better in animating people than like what's a movie pixar was like shrek yeah you're right yeah those people were better in shrek but uh but yeah the flip side of that is that pixar like the whole world they created with A Bug's Life and with Finding Nemo, those were visually stunning movies, and Shark Tale was not. Like, <laughs> right, you're right. Yeah, they both so, have their have their strengths. Yeah, and People was not Pixar's strong suit at this point. Yeah, you know, you know, there's another weird like adult theme that they're trying to like pull through was like feminism with the or not feminism but like female power they're like uh so like tony like asks her out on a date but then like she flips it around on him and makes him like on like she decides what time yeah you know what i mean yeah and then uh miss like elastigirl has to go save mr incredible and then another interesting part that that was weird is like when they were fighting and then uh, it's like gets pretty intense. I'm going back to the beginning of the movie, and then yeah. Elastigirl just like grows like to ten feet because Mister Incredible like yells at her, and, you're, and it's like, and then she's like, "This is not about you." And it's like, "Damn, this is incredible! You just <laughs> grew to ten feet, made uh, Bob Parr your, your little B word." <laughs> so she also says um at the very beginning like come on girls i'm just gonna let the guys go out and do all the work right exactly trying to trying to push that theme i like it yeah it's interesting and so then we get the great part where dash comes in second and the thing i think is so funny about this part of the movie is how the other parents just see the parents and Violet too. So the whole family yelling at him and they're saying like, no, 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 don't be too good. Oh no, get second place and all this stuff. 
and the other parents are looking at him like, look at these crazy sports parents, which I'm sure you've seen a lot of in your days of playing sports as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. I feel, I'm confused. I guess, yeah, I guess that was the whole point that they're like, I don't know. Something about something about that, like, are you being special, like standing out? Like the at the very end, the conclusion was the right thing to do is to blend in, is to not hmm. win. Hmm. What was where? What was the finality of that? Of that? Theme I don't. There? I I don't know. <laughs> I think it was incomplete. Yeah. Interesting. But there is a great ending to this where we get the underminer who is somewhat like the undertaker from professional wrestling just the name at least <laughs> yeah and this is john ratzenberger's appearance who does the voice in every pixar movie ever mm, i didn't know that he's the pig in a bug's life oh. or no in uh, toy story i mean sorry okay he's pt flea in a bug's life he's the abominable snowman in monsters inc wow he's some fish at some point in Finding Nemo. Mm. Yeah. Is he Mr. Ray? Um, Maybe not. Mm. I'm just feeling that. I'm feeling that voice. <laughs> Let's look it up. All right. But so he makes his appearance and then it's really cool what the way that they just end the movie where they're all putting their masks on at the same time and he's looking over at the kids and they're all ready for battle. Yeah, and no, that then we get the last shot. Yeah, that ending got me ready for a sequel like an hour later. I was like, I'm, I'm ready <laughs> for this next year. It's coming out. Here we go. 15 years later. John Ratzenberger was the school of moonfish. So the school of fish. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, now I hear it. All in all, what did you think of the movie? Oh, I love The Incredibles. They had Great a movie. A lot of. uh a lot of underlying themes there. Not totally sure what they're getting at, but I think we I think we touched on them. I think we yeah. we dug a little deeper beneath the surface. I'd say so. But most importantly, it had some great quotable uh, moments and some and some legendary characters. Yeah, I would say so. So, um. Now let's let me get to some questions that I have for you. All right. What what are you expecting out of the sequel? Because that'll be coming out later this week. Yeah, like we like we somewhat talked about before. I, I mean, I hope they have some like some natural like progression from the last movie that like the conflict isn't like super forced or anything, but. And I hope that we see all the best characters, just Frozone, Edna, and like hear from Honey at least. I don't know if we're supposed to see her face, but I want to hear from her again. <laughs> I feel ya. Yeah. I feel ya. So here's another one. Without getting into the politics of this, how would superheroes stand in 2018 in terms of social media would they be able to be kept a secret would people embrace them and appreciate them or would they get thrown under the bus like they did in the incredibles uh i mean no way would they be able to keep their secret identity like no especially with just a little mask on no way 
Right. Yeah. People would know. And uh, yeah, paparazzi are, are hardcore. They they would find out. And, There'd be a TMZ just for superheroes. Right. And I don't think people would like them. I think people. I think we don't like. Uh, you know, like a celebrity only is loved by the public for like a certain amount of time. Like it's very rare that their public perception is just like, you know what I mean? We love to scrutinize those like that are held up to the spotlight. So I don't see any superheroes just being overall loved. They would probably be like LeBron. Like there would be like some that are like, oh, this guy's great. And some that are just like, yeah, this guy's a bum. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess, I think we really we covered every base on this podcast. Oh yeah, we did a good job. <laughs> I would say yeah. So I would say that this is a movie that I love. It's probably somewhere in the middle in terms of Pixar movies. I think it, as you mentioned, it doesn't really have anything that like really blows you away in terms of that emotional moment. Like you said, something that makes you cry. But overall, it's just a well-rounded movie from beginning to end that leaves you very entertained. And whenever people like to rank superhero movies, the problem I have with their rankings is where's Incredibles? Because that's a superhero uh, movie. You need to include that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like big into like the whole superhero comic world. But yeah, so so take this with a grain of salt. But but Incredibles is 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 top two. And it's not two. <laughs> What's two? Batman? Uh, yeah, the third Batman for me with Bane. That does it for me. I like that one. Fair take, fair take. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess that's it really for today on The Incredibles, I'd say. I, I would agree. <laughs> I was just giving you a chance there in case there's anything else you wanted to add. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good. It's been a pleasure All talking right. to you. Jason, is there anything that you would like to promote an Instagram or Twitter handle or anything you want to get a pitch out for Valpo basketball? Anything like that? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're in the area of Valpo, come out, watch a Valpo basketball game. I would say as much as you can, stay off social media. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a waste of your time. You know, you could listen to listen to Jack talk on his podcast, but. Scrolling through Instagram and Twitter isn't is probably not so good for you, so I'll just I'll just keep those to myself. All right. Well thank you so much for joining me today, Jason. I know I had a lot of fun. I hope you did as well. I did. Love you, Jack. I love you too, Jason. Last thing I want to say real quick to you is I really appreciate that you were willing to come on for the first movie podcast in Press On Sports history because I think a lot of people were... Well, I had talked to some people about doing a movie podcast, and not everyone's listened to a movie podcast before, and this was your podcasting debut, and I think you were 10 out of 10. Did a great job. Oh, my God. You're a sweetheart. You know, I'm, I'm flexible. Any any subject matter you want to discuss, I'm here. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll talk to you at some point um, in the fall with NBA. Maybe we'll get you in sometime with free agency. We'll see. All right, sounds good. Or do another movie. I like it. <laughs> All right. Let me know. All right. Well, I will hopefully come and visit you sometime soon, and I'll get you on here again. Sounds like a plan.
All right, so there you guys have it. Jason Karras making an A-plus effort in his podcasting debut. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Press On Sports. I know I had a lot of fun preparing for it and recording it, and I hope you had fun listening to it. If you enjoy the podcast, you can subscribe to Press On Sports on iTunes. If, if you really like Press On Sports, feel free to share us with your friends. Tell, tell your friends about it. Post stuff on social media about it. Feel free to tweet me any point. Give me your thoughts on the podcast, ideas for future podcasts, whatever it may be. I always enjoy hearing what you guys have to say. So tweet me at Velvita7. That's at V-E-L-L-V-I-T-A-7. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Other than that, I think I'm good for today. Have a great week. Enjoy Incredibles 2. Oh, I will be podcasting on Incredibles 2 in a couple weeks, so look out for that podcast. Another podcast coming this week. I should be, if it's, it'll either be this week or next, I'll be talking MLB All-Star Picks with Jordan Mordini. Glad to be getting him back on. So look out for those podcasts. Other than that, I'm good for now. Bring in the Dancing Lobsters.